podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. G'day Formula One friends, it's James Baldwin here welcoming you along to Oz F1, Australia's favourite Formula One podcast from wherever you're listening, all across the globe. It is great to have your company. And a special shout out if you're listening to us from the Netherlands for this episode. If it's your first time, please do consider subscribing. And if you enjoyed the episode at the end, either reach out to us on any of our social media channels, you'll see all of the links below, or you can leave us a review. We do read everything that you send in and we really, really appreciate it. Of course, this is a recap episode for Spa and the Belgian Grand Prix. Certainly my favourite track of the calendar and I reckon it might be yours too. So let's get into it. As always, by my friends and yours for this recap episode. It's the two Thomases, Tommy T, Thomas J. Camp. Boys, a big g'day to you. G'day. We're bloody in the best track of the calendar. It's Spa. It's our favourite kind of Spa. And Daniel Ricciardo is the star. There you go. I just had to rhyme it and ruin everything for everybody. But how good was that race for Danny Rick? It was a pretty boring race, but I loved it turning Danny Rick up there. Oh, yeah. Oh, how good. How good is Irosian Radio? That is oh, just, the best. That is the picture of my wet dreams right there. That is <laughs> That's too much unbelievable. And enough. Boom, straight out of the gate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Whatever, no. it doesn't matter. No, you're absolutely please right. Please keep though. listening. Like, you th- yeah, please don't go away. Uh, <laughs> if you think of Formula One tracks, this has to be like the mecca when it comes to corners, when you think of cars coming up the hill, when you think of Mark Webber doing amazing things on Alonso. Like it's just seen some amazing stuff. It's also seen some really sad stuff. And of course, Antoine Hubert from last year suffered there too. But when it, you get it right, you get it. Right, like it just was incredible to watch. Uh, boys, we were teased a lot with rain the entire race weekend, weren't we? Uh, I was doing a bit of a rain dance. We just didn't see it except for after both qualifying and the race. Yeah. We're, we're, we're constantly told these days that there's going to be rain. We get all excited all weekend and then nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like me in high school. Just <laughs> promises a lot just under the livers. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got a little book in front of you, Campy? This is like things that I can say against myself in this episode. You just had to trawl through the pages. Guys, let's talk about what's going on outside of uh, the actual race day. Campy, you've got some updates on Honda for us. Yeah, no, they haven't committed past the end of this year, which I only found out that, that out today. So. They were waiting for some information to come along on regulations and what they look like and some concrete concrete ones. Um, they've just signed this Concord agreement last week, so I expect a decision uh, pretty soon. But Honda's a bit like me in my 20s, if I'm honest. Just can't commit to anything. <laughs> in for a couple of years, then out. It's not financially viable. Then back in, back out. That's what she said. They're a bit of a... <laughs> Culturally, they're a bit bloody odd, this mob. Are you doing a set? What's going on? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> yeah. I've only listened to Joe Rogan. I want to do a stand-up. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Well, that is your tape. No, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. I would think surely with the regs not really changing a lot next year, we could see one more year milked out, like logically, but it's about dollars for them. They're saying they need to cut costs. It's like, mate. Honda makes absolutely bloody everything. If you don't have another 
you know, 100 mil to put into Formula 1 over five years and yeah. sort it out. But surely they could stretch it one more year. There's not really many changes. It would be basically stamping out the same engines again to some degree. We're not really seeing much changes in engines and power units next year. So it would be more for new regs, you'd think. Well, the party line that the guy on track, I'm looking at his face, you'll always see hanging around Red Bull. Um, his line was, as the world motoring industry is changing to electrific electrification, they're not sure that it's worth it. So, oh, I tell you what, that'd well, be a really sorted out. You could tell Karen Horner would be straight on that, wouldn't he? He'd be oh, yeah. like, "Come on, I don't care, <clears throat> let's go." He look to be honest, he's the kind of guy that would probably negotiate them across anyway, as he did with Toro Rosso back in the day from McLaren. So, I think we'll probably see them there. But it is interesting that they haven't yet committed. It seems like a lot of just fluff to actually not say much does it like the world the future of motor racing and everything else like everyone's suffering just buddy commit to it so at least we get some entertainment with formula one honda hey uh, tommy t f3 and uh our australian friends well you won't talk about our new zealand friend because we were going to have a bit of a stab at him <laughs> but he actually did pretty well compared to the aussies he did all right. damn it <laughs> yeah Mr. how Lawson. did the aussies do he's not bad aussies were crap uh, Piastri had a fifth and a sixth so in race one he had a fifth which momentarily gave him the championship lead but then he's sixth in race two, lost it again. So he's coming second, which is good. Like, he's doing really well. Well, he crossed the line in fifth, but he got a five-second penalty for track limits, which I thought uh, was a bit over the top. Yeah. yeah. If you saw, saw that again, though, that track limit, I, it was hard for me to say that he was really gaining an advantage by leaving the track. It was just at the top of the uh, Radio Nau Rouge complex, and he went off on the, on the curb on the right-hand side there. But... He was still behind. Like it's not like he had a massive yeah. slingshot, and because he was drafting anyway. Anyway, I, I thought that was a bit of a ridiculous penalty. Mm. What a surprise! The FIA gives us a ridiculous <laughs> penalty. Even in F three, it happens. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's solid drive for him though. Like he, he, yeah. when you watch him on the track, he doesn't really put a foot wrong. Um, I said this to someone during the week. He is definitely like the Daniel Ricciardo, uh, or what Daniel Ricciardo was to Mark Webber. He's he's just he's coming up through the right direction and and puts a car in such a good place. But Logan Sargent, yeah. who is now leading, is also a very good driver from the US too. Yeah, that that Premac team's pretty good. Pretty good. They are like the Mercedes over the F three, the yeah. junior categories. Really, they got a really strong racing heritage throughout that F two and F three classes for many yeah. years too. So. So, yeah, I think we can expect to see things from Piastri. And then Peroni sitting in 10th in the championship. So he's not too far back, but he, he's still going to What about your go. mate Jack so, doing, Campy? Yeah, he's, he, look, race one, he, he qualified. <laughs> not doing look, much. He qualified 12th. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, he got 10th. If, if you're listening, sorry, can I just interrupt for a second? If you're listening to this, we've had like 15 minutes of recording before this podcast and the jokes that Campy and Tommy have both said, they said 10, 15 minutes ago. So they're like, hey, this is fantastic. I'm going to wind this up oh, and good. it sounds great. <laughs> I mean, hey, what do you mean? Subjective. This is right off the top of the dome. This is freestyle. <laughs> oh, I didn't even realise I said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, Campy, sorry, he, go on. He isn't. Doing it much. <laughs> um, yeah, qualified chase. What a shambles. Sorry. No. Uh, so he's going to rename this podcast Ferrari. Look, that guy, I reckon he's going to get cut by Red Bull. There's no way Helmut yeah. Marco's letting that Red Bull branded HWA, Race Tech, whatever their name is, and being so bad every week. But it is his first year. I don't know. I don't know what it's like to come into this sport and understand ties. 
I don't know. Like I don't, as I said the other week, I don't know enough about the sport. But he's raced a similar car in the, um, I think it was like the European. The other. The other one. He raced against, what's that guy, Billy Munger last year in that yep. championship. Um, so, look, the kid's... Still early. It's still early, so I don't know if it's the second year that he'll pick it up and get it, but I'll tell you what, he's got to show something this year. Yeah. Because to date, he's shown nothing. So it's almost time to go on him, I think. Oh, no. oh. We're rooting for him. We'll give him a bit longer. He's got to do on something. So. I tell you what. <laughs> milk it. Milk it. I tell you what, though. If, uh, like us, you live in Australia, it is a, it's actually a decent time to watch the F3 race uh, and the F2 races <laughs> over the weekend. So if even if you're not interested in watching Formula 1 and you just want to sort of test the waters, as I said last time, it's better racing anyway in the junior categories, and it didn't disappoint uh, this time around as well. <laughs> So, guys, the TV broadcast review. Um, turned on, was really excited for practice one, getting amped up. We're watching a bit of on-track stuff. Literally six minutes into first practice, we have Karun talking about seeing Ralph Schumacher in the car park. No one gives a shit, mate. Nobody cares. So we're at a zero straight away. Uh, we got to come back from that. That is horrible. As soon as I heard I him say that, I was like, here he goes. Oh, my gosh. Anthony, Anthony Davidson name-dropping about, oh, yeah, I was at Spa two weeks ago. And yeah. LP, that was about well, three minutes three into. of them were dropping where they were racing at Spa recently, like in some other car that I've never heard of in some film formula that doesn't register that no one cares about. I'll tell you what was interesting. It sounds like the boys had a real big night on the Thursday night and <laughs> yeah. got drunk and decided to have a go-kart race. <laughs> <laughs> Heaps of in-jokes. Very good. But, yeah, then we later on – so I really didn't watch a lot after that because I just didn't want to see Karun and hear from the rubbish that was getting spouted all bloody oh. practices. So I tuned back in and then I think it was before qualifying, if I'm not mistaken, and I saw a Karun doing an interview with Alpon, which was useless. <laughs> <laughs> he was basically throwing feathers at him that were that soft, those questions. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Ask the guy a real question. But also useless. he's like, when I was a Red Bull junior, I remember Helmut yeah. Marker, oh, not again. <laughs> Wait, who's the interview about here, mate? Every time. Jeez. Oh. searching for relevance. We, uh, we're going to have a little subcategory here, and it's going to be called James's Jet of the Week. James Ooh. in our group chat is obsessed with the flyovers, and he's going to give us a little bit <coughs> of what was going on. Quality. The flyovers are great. James, take it away. Oh, I love it. I mean, if you... <laughs> this is actually a perfect subsegment for me because, as you said it, I was like, actually, every week there is a flyby. Sometimes it's crap, James but not this week. Pilot, by the way, <laughs> uh, no, I don't. But this week, uh, F16. That is a kick-ass looking jet. Like, I mean, it if you great. watch, you would have seen it in IndyCar. The uh, Thunderbirds, the same aircraft type. It's like forty-seven years old. Yeah. Did the flyby. It is a, and those Belgian aircraft, like those pilots, were doing oh. a bloody good job. It's hard, isn't it? Without the crowd, it's not as exciting for like the ambience around that part of the broadcast. But yeah, they were cracking it. And whoever is the helicopter pilot for most of these races, he's not afraid to get up to that same sort of altitude. He did it with a Spitfire. Uh, if it's the same person, I'm kind of imagining it is, is Spitfire for the uh, flyover for the 70th. And that was awesome. And doing the same with the F-16. So I'm a big fan of, of the flyovers. Uh, the only terrible one will be the Russians because we'll be like, oh, no, don't crash. <laughs> 
that one. That's right. That uh, the the SU whatever the SU thirty fives or whatever it is. They're mm-hmm. the best looking jets on the planet. <laughs> So that'll be a good flyover. So good. Yeah, so providing out of ten, James, that was his flyover. Just providing they're working. We could probably buy one on the black market. Find one. Get a couple of subs too. (laughs) After you buy your Formula One team, Um, can you give us the score, James, of the flyover this week? Oh, that was a good solid eight. A solid eight and a half out of ten from those guys. Okay, good. All right, and then we get into the actual racing where we had on lap four. Crofty, unsure of who passed who, <laughs> when, when Perez passed Leclerc saying, Leclerc's com- complaining about his pace, but he looks like he's about to take Perez. Imagine how he's feeling. <laughs> Brundle comes and goes, no, actually, they just swapped, mate. <laughs> this is lap four, and this is what we're in for for the rest of the race. This was horrible. This was some of the yeah. worst. We wanted to watch some passing, and we always had to watch it on, on oh. replay. Why are we continually swapping to Ferraris who are battling for 13th and 14th? Because they touch wheels. Because <laughs> <laughs> the TV director's like, quick, something's oh, happening, hype said. it up. It's like when Hamilton I, had a I little bit of oversteer. it took us about, about 10 minutes before we saw the actual footage from Gian, Giovinazzi's car of that crash. Oh, yeah. And then about another 10 minutes till we saw Russell's footage. We saw it from every other car that was nowhere near the incident, but... I actually I think what part doing. of this Concord, this new Concord agreement, is Ferrari has locked in how much track time or air time they actually get as well. Because what I, I, I don't care what's happening in thirteenth and fourteenth. Nah. I mean, no one loves Ferrari performing worse than me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think it's the best thing ever. But I don't want to watch them. Nah. And I don't want to hear Clerk complain. No. So anyway, yeah, very interesting. But no, this is a horrible one. I mean, this is. Not even getting – this is getting a one, I think. A one? It was terrible. Yeah. There wasn't much redeeming other than the race being good. Like, shit, you could turn up with a camera phone and bloody do just as good a job, so it's a Can one. I give it – I reckon the the best part of the entire weekend was Martin and his cameraman down uh, just on the very bottom of the Eau Rouge Radian complex. Uh, uh, that was probably – that was yeah. the, the best bit because, you know, there are a lot of pundits, right, who – say whatever and a lot of crap that comes out of the, the mouths of specifically Port Arrested this weekend was just being sassy and <laughs> he was like, oh, you know, when Jeez. I was here two weeks ago in racing, it's like, He's mate, Scottish. different He's category. Just, yeah. Just <laughs> Thursday night. And that, that explains <laughs> a lot of it. But Brundle is consistently good. Has been for ages. And, yeah. like, he's honestly the best part of that. Crofty this weekend was terrible. So one out of ten, yeah. I'm, I'm with oh, you for love that. Him. Love Very him. average. Mate, it is Alex something James, else to watch. There is... Yep, I agree. There is something about when Brundle does a a commentary on the lap. Yeah, and oh, he's, he's oh, like, no, oh, it is like poetry emotional. Yeah. That's it's when James, what is James describing is when he walks you through a couple of corners and he gives you oh the whole lap. the eye line, he gives yeah. you everything and talks you through what's happening in that corner. Like he yep. actually breaks it down in a non patronizing way, but oh, so, a way that mate. people can still understand and enjoy it. Yeah, it's a great, it's a hard, it's hard great to watch. They're not, they're, look, they're consummate professionals. We, we want true. something else out of our F1 television, <laughs> but <laughs> anyway. I think Camby wants a job. Chuck him in, Crofty. <laughs> nah, I don't want a job. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants a ticket. I've got one. I just want free stuff. Unbelievable. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
boys. Well, look, let's go through the race. As we do, team by team, in-depth driver analysis, expert campy Whoa. opinion. That's that's what we're going to go through. Um, are we allowed, Campy, to start with Williams uh, this weekend right at the very back of the grid? What's there to say other than, uh, than Russell got unlucky when uh, Giovinazzi binned it? Latifi was pretty strong. I mean, they were good. Williams, yeah. they were on the up. I think Williams are getting to the point where they might not be the first team we talk about. To be honest, they're pretty getting yeah, pretty close, aren't they? Uh, yeah. In fact, in fact, I did reshuffle this list of who we're talking about in order, uh, and you'll see in a couple of teams' time why. Um, yeah. Massive, sh- massive shame for George. We weren't expecting them, Tommy T, to get up as far as they nah. did in qualifying, uh, and even George was pretty surprised on team radio as well, saying that he wasn't <laughs> he expecting was. that getting into Q two. Well, you better better be uh, savoring this one because party mode's gone, so no more. No back, more. Back to the back. I actually thought party mode's got cancelled this weekend, but I was wrong. No, so. they, they squeezed it out because some teams were yeah kind of yeah. complaining and going, oh, we need more. So really, who was we, complaining? We, I wonder. Karen. <laughs> I think it was Karen. <laughs> <laughs> At least Karen. <laughs> I reckon Cyril probably was a complainer as well. He loves a complaint. Uh, yeah, but Latifi yeah. finishing in 16th. Uh, and, yeah, George Solid. is getting super unlucky. Like, re- just – he was having a pretty good race until that point. And kind of, like, lucky the halo again. I mean, Leclerc totally. a couple of years ago and uh, now this incident's like, yeah, good. Like, just totally no issues at all. But yeah. what is it with the tethers on these Formula 1 cars this year? It's like every time there's a- any kind of contact with a wheel, it just goes, yeet, and goodbye. Yeah. It just disappears completely like Kimmy's, you know, in Austria. Well, just – What's going on that's with all it? About, it's all about the cars trying to, when they have a crush, just dissipate as much energy as they can. Mm. So everything external of the cockpit basically just absorbs energy and breaks off real flimsily and easily. Yeah. That's, the, that's why. I watched yeah, the super yeah. slow-mo with um, one of the Sky F1 guys, and they, they broke it down, and George literally couldn't do anything. No. no. He saw his eye line. He saw the car rebounding off that right-hand side, coming back across the track thinking it was going to stop where it was. And then all of a sudden this tire comes out and chases him to the left. He couldn't go anywhere. He had no way to go. He's just lucky it didn't actually come across and do more damage. I've got to give the kid some props. He still hasn't been out qualified by a teammate since he's ever, yeah. ever in F1. So he so was, he had some, he had good track position when that crash happened. He was within, yep. he was within um, DRS of Raikkonen at the time. I think. Well, Indulge me. Give me this. If if he continues on, do you think he's challenging up as far as say where Raikkonen and the Ferraris finished? Is that conceivable? I think around it 12th. is. I kind of around that twelfth. Yeah, it has to. Well, it has to that be. Ferrari engine this week was useless. <laughs> exactly so, right. I don't well, know if they're well, working on Williams it. Williams have said. Williams have said they got a good engine, but the cars still super draggy down the straights. Mm. So counteracts. I think they need to figure out the chassis. They've got the engine, that's fine, but they need to figure out the chassis, and it's probably still the worst chassis on the grid, to be honest. So they've got some work to do. Um, It would have been interesting to see where he went, though, because we could see, and we'll talk about it later on, those Ferraris and the Alphas and the Haas were struggling a lot with those power units. Well, let's talk talk about Haas, Tommy, then, just you and I, (laughs) as Campy's not interested. (laughs) Hey, uh, Kevin Magnussen, yet again, absolutely shines in lap one, and then for the rest of the laps in the race, (laughs) 
no one cares because he's in a house. But he made up like five positions on the start again. Uh, solid performance from him. Um, and even he tweeted, I think, you know, really enjoyed lap one and everything else was a bit of a disaster. <laughs> uh, but he finished in 17th and, Grosje- yeah, and Grosjean collecting some more data than Magnussen this weekend, being ahead of him Ooh. in 15th. Uh, and uh, excingly for them, they haven't been lapped. Uh, hey, luckily, because it's the longest it's track. It's one of the, of the longest year. tracks. Yeah, correct. <laughs> well, take that as a win, Gunter. Take it as a win. It's a win. Uh, but yeah. really, really, you know, they're holding on for for the new regulations, aren't they? They they couldn't wish for that to happen any any faster. I don't know. Well, Gene Haas is committed to uh, Formula One long term. So my question is: is do they look for another engine supplier? Yeah. Even for next year, mm. like why not? Why not give it a try? Why? Why not try the Honda? Yeah, because so what what is the thing you're building around? I guess so. You're not building around the power unit. You're not building around the aero. You're not building around the drivers. What is the one thing you're taking forward with this current car? You're scrapping the whole damn thing. Hmm. It's I don't think there's a redeeming feature of it. It's good maybe for one or two laps. Then it's useless. It's terrible on its tires. It's I don't know. There's not really a redeeming feature. The drivers are terrible too. So yeah, that help. also doesn't help. No. <laughs> well, I saw a uh, an article saying that they're pretty much confirming Nico Hulkenberg for a, a seat uh, for Grosjean's seat, and that if, yeah, now that's some data. But if yeah, no, Hulk, I want. Why would Hulk Seb, come back and go to Haas if Seb goes to nothing? If Seb goes to Aston Martin, Perez will take K Mag seat. This is this is what is being. Yeah. If that's true or not, who knows? Like we know, silly season's ridiculous, and you can't really you know take it for what it's worth. If you are listening, so much though, Karen, news in the paddock. Karen, <laughs> put put Nico in, put Nico in that seat. Get Campy his little oh. profit status back, and everyone will be happy. No, no, well, look, he's had conversations. Helmut Marco said they've already talked about it, yeah. but they seem pretty. Yeah, Red Bull seem they pretty committed. Do. They seem pretty committed to Albon. Yeah, they were pretty Not committed to Gasly too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you yeah, go. Exactly. Uh, okay, well, let's talk uh, about the next team, which is usually Alfa Romeo, but it's not because they beat this team. Um, if you're a Ferrari fan, please get your tissues ready because let's talk about how terrible Ferrari are wow. as a team. My whipping boy. Whip, whip, whipping boy. What an absolute joke. Oh, To win this race last year and in the way they won that race last yeah. year. Was they came from nowhere after the mid-season break and like made made Mercedes look slow this yeah. time last year. The fall, it was insane oh. to watch a lap. I think it was. I yeah, loved did it. it. They I did a comparison <laughs> lap between this year's quality and last year's quality. Yeah, it was insane to see how much slower it was after just one yeah. of the straights. Yeah. Ridiculous. That thing has no power. And Campy, do you know what really frustrates me about this whole situation? And especially on Sky is everyone's saying, oh, well, you know, we just kind of wish we knew what went on at the end of last year and the agreement with Fry. Just call it the We knew what went on. They cheated. I did a whole 40-minute podcast on it. Just say they cheated. Everyone knows it, Sky F1. Just say they cheated because that's what they did. Get some transparency about it, Bonotto, no, and stop I'll like calling what. the body pot tell red. Tell you what I'm going to do again, again. I'm going to do it for the third time. I'm going to use the FIA and F1 
and the word corruption in the same sentence. <laughs> Absolutely corrupt. And you know what? I don't give a damn. Allegedly. Allegedly. We're <laughs> <laughs> safe. We're safe. safe. We're all good. Good. Uh, but Ooh. seriously, though, like everyone, it, it, no one can say it. Uh, there's a lot of people like us who are like, well, clearly they were cheating. And now is evidenced Ooh. by that. But it sucks the most for teams like Alfa Romeo and Haas are having to deal with it. So you're totally right. Ferrari deserve absolutely no money from anyone else as a customer team. Alfa should bloody go back to getting BMW Sauber engines and, yeah, as you say, <laughs> Honda for for bloody anyone else would just be better than Ferrari right now is all I'm trying to say. This is how good Toto Wolf is. He's he's pretty much managing Ferrari while he's still managing Mercedes <laughs> as well. He came, yeah. he came out in a press conference this week and said, look – I don't think it's the whole of Ferrari as a as a as a company in a racing team that the issue is. He goes, this has got to do with one, two, or three individuals at the top that have made the decision, and this is why they're this bad. No one wants to see it. He didn't name names, but that's how good Toto will be. Who does he mean, Campy? Oh, I wonder. I wonder, Mister Where's Wally himself? Oh, John Todd's probably still, you know. Let's let's just let's visit this. How do you think it felt as Kimi Raikkonen cruising past Vettel on track <laughs> to actually beat him for the race in the same power unit? Mate, how's signs on the bloody pit lane watching it just <laughs> hanging his head in shame? Oh, that guy. What about when Lando passed him off? How good would have been oh. Lando? Got oh, how's signs feeling now? <laughs> Seriously. Oh, but it's ridiculous oh, because no. it's clearly just not the power unit that's going wrong with that car. The fact that Kimi is sailing past Seb and Lando is sailing past Leclerc is just showing that those other cars are a lot stronger in different areas. This is just falling apart. It's like they've given up totally. And you know I'll, the other I'll thing? Bathe. I'll bathe in their failure for <laughs> months. <laughs> for months. <laughs> How was Could uh, not care less. How was Charles Leclerc's uh, team radio? Uh, we are we are thinking about Plan B or Plan C. Okay, well, which one do you actually want me to do? Uh, we'll get back to you. We've already started packing up, so we can be disappointed in Monza already. Yeah, like seriously. Also, on- <laughs> on Charles Leclerc, is there anyone more disappointing to listen to in an interview? That guy is yeah. so bloody bland. Uh, well, uh, we are trying and we will uh, be better. Uh, just uh, 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 just speak, mate, and say what you think. Stop covering up. I'm All just, he does is cover up. I'm waiting for Seb to unload. So <laughs> he announces he's got a contract for next year. He's going to pop. Oh, he's going to unload. Oh, it's going to be good. You can even hear him getting snippy oh, on the radio. Rags on Where's Wally, Mattia Bonotto. Oh. That guy, mate, he needs new glasses too. They are shocking. <laughs> that is not a fashion statement, son. Yeah. <laughs> this is Campy. I've seen Campy's wardrobe. He's right. Mm. Well, Campy knows what he's talking right, about. Let's move on. Let's, let's move talk on. about let's talk about superstar Kimi Raikkonen and in the Alpha. He looks like he actually was enjoying himself this weekend, even so much as so that he put a post up on Instagram with a comment was in Belgium. <laughs> With photos of himself <laughs> in the race, which is oh, what a god! Which is what a god! <laughs> just yeah, which is what Glenn Glenn tagged us and said the most Kimmy post ever. Yeah, you're absolutely right because he enjoyed himself. It actually seemed like he uh, was back enjoying his hobby again for for at least this race. Uh, Giovinazzi obviously again is an is a driver for Alfa Romeo, uh, and this time he found a wall. Isn't that good of him? Um, all right, well, let's talk same, about... Hit the same wall last year, too. Same turn. Yeah. Exactly the same thing happened. Yeah. He I ran out of talent. After him. 
Now, that you don't want to acknowledge that kind of behaviour. Terrible. Terrible. It's like having a corner <laughs> with no name that leads leads into it. It's like, all right, we could give it a name. No, don't want to. Let's just leave it with corner with the no name. All right, technically, still a name. Um, Alpha Tauri and uh, the best driver on the track of the day, Tommy T, according to you, is uh, Pierre Gasly. Happy about it? Well, not, not just me. Me and the people. You and the people. <laughs> Triggering intensifiers for Campy. <laughs> just going just gonna to give you some of my, my ghastly stats. Yeah, please do. Please tell us why that, you were so good this weekend. Well, I, I think he had a ripping race, and I don't think anyone denied a ripping race, whether yeah, it was the did. best or not. He had a good race. Excellent. I think he has a, he has a legitimate case for uh, driver of the day. Lap two, that incredible pass on Paris through Eau Rouge was awesome. Camby's already pointed out that was a better one. Which was <laughs> yeah. the better one? Yeah, it was a carbon copy of carbon copy of Weber v Alonso in like twenty twelve, I think it was. Yeah, but we've seen, it, we've seen it before. Weber did it first, so you see, Gasly squeezed yeah, bet- was, between oh. the wall and a car, going screw it, I'm going to put my foot down and yeah. just hold through. And he did get pretty squeezed. impressive. Perez is cheeky that that spot. <laughs> like he does it. It's so it's dangerous. Like, he, he did that last year to a yeah. Haas, I think, and the year before to his teammate. To Ocon. Oh, in Ocon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Inch in inch, maybe either side. It was yeah. crazy. He started in twelfth, he finished in eighth. He defended well when he was on worst rubber. I think he did really well coming back through the pack as well after he pitted after gaining all those spots and coming back through the pack really well. And when so you look at it, he had great tyres. He did have great tyres, but still, there's traffic in the way, and you do have to make moves. And there's long straights, and you can pass on this track. Well, not many people were doing it as well as him. He was doing it still better, and then he eventually still got past Perez, which was awesome. He, yeah, look, he he got he lucky because he, he got lucky because because of his strategy starting on the hard. Yep. I think that that was that was an awesome move. I think it, his race would have been better if he didn't get that safety car. That that hurt yeah. his strategy. It was, yeah. it was, if it was a bit later, it would have been perfect for him. Yeah, just the timing. Yeah. He couldn't change tires, and it would have just ruined everything. But when you look at AlphaTauri, has twenty championship points. Eighteen of them are Gasly. Yep, that that's, says a lot. Yeah, no, he's, yeah. He's, as I said, he's outperforming Kvyat. Oh, he's holding that team together. That he's keeping oh. them relevant. Kvyat's had two one-point performances. Yeah, we didn't see much of him this weekend either, did we? Really, nah. like it just. He's kind of paling into insignificance compared to Gasly, and there's in more of that sort of comeback story for him too. Although he's never going to go back to Red Bull, is he? But he might go somewhere else decent. He should go somewhere else. He's got to get out of that Red Bull program because, unfortunately, he's always going to be tarred with what happened when he came up against yeah. Max Verstappen. Totally. And he doesn't cut it. I still don't think he's a second-tier driver. He's in that third on the cusp breaking. He's in. still good. They, they're all good. Yeah. They're driving in F1, they're good. There's only 20 people in the world that get to drive these cars. Like, they can drive. They're all exceptional talents and they're, you know, the 20, 1% of 21. the 1%. 21. Don't forget Karun Chandler yeah. drives yeah. all of the cars all of the time in his mind. <laughs> Crashes a car room too. <laughs> <laughs> no, they can drive. Yeah. But driver of the day, give me a break. Oh, Tommy T. You muppet, <laughs> absolute Danny Rick, your own boy, starred. Hey, we'll get there. This is not part of 
I did. Wait, run sheep, pal. I voted for Danny Rick for driver of the day as well. To be fair, I was surprised when Gasly popped up. I was like, really? You dead to me, Tommy. You know what I like more than voting for driver of the day and Danny Rick winning it is winding up Campy. Yes, actually, you're right. Now that I think about it. Uh, well, can we talk about Racing Point? <laughs> can we talk about Racing Point? Because they were nowhere this weekend. Like, the Mercedes were flying away. Uh, I have... Bit of a shock. I have feelings, Campy, of or reminiscence of the end of 2009 and Braun GB really struggling because everyone else had finally caught up and started investing money in technology towards the end of the year where they hadn't... And Jensen and Rubens were both sort of having to fight a lot harder. This is reminiscent of that, except that they're not as good, but they're just falling away so quickly. What the hell is going on with them this weekend? Well, at the moment, this is a pain to say is I'm thinking about putting Stroll as my turbo driver above Perez. Because oh, yeah. the two races Perez has had back, he's been shafted by his team. Why on earth did they keep him out on those soft tyres? Oh, what is, I don't what, know. What were you thinking? Yeah, that what, made absolutely no sense. Oh, why? I think I messaged to the group. I was like, "Daddy Stroll strikes again." Yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't get a, he didn't get a great start. Oh, man. But so they had a free spot basically because Sainz was off the grid. So that yeah. seventh slot was free. Both of them had free space just to screw straight into, and they still finished both a spot down and switched. Yeah, well, I mean, Stroll got a good start. He made up what three positions yep. in that one. That's including Sainz as so too. But yeah, you know, Stroll's. Yeah, he started you know, ninth. You, you guys, ninth. the listeners know how I feel about Stroll. I just don't want to give him credit. I'm coming around, unfortunately. As much <laughs> as I like to rag at him as a trust fund kid, I, he's not as bad as I first anticipated. He's showing up. He's qualifying the car pretty well. He's racing pretty well. He's always good on the first on the start of the lap at the start of a race. Yeah, and he's given some money to the Californian wildfires as well. Yep, eighteen hundred dollars for every point. So how many points is that this week? Two. Is two points. Two points. So he's given three and a half grand. You probably have that in his pocket, mate. He probably spent that on tyres in the first ten minutes of practice one. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, good on him. But he's got to do the you know the the modern day social media, do the right thing, get some credit. I just don't think this was the race for that car. Nah. But it's, I, I think like they, they were probably better through sector two. Sector one and three, they'll compromise. What is clear is they're not as good as we thought they were at the start of the year. Yeah. I think yeah. it's track dependent. Track you know dependent. how we say track dependent for Renault? I think this is very much a racing point as well. Yeah, yeah well, yep. I mean, this is the opposite end of the spectrum, isn't it, for, for Renault? But we will get there. Uh, it's disappointing because I'm with you, Campy. I bloody put Sergio Perez as my turbo driver as well and removed... Danny Ricardo and put in Lando Norris of McLaren <laughs> and uh, big regret, massive regret. Although I'm still leading, we'll get to the fantasy in a oh, bit. But I'm I was have, like, I'm oh my, damn it, bloody hell! Yeah, well, I should have kept the faith. That's that's what I'm saying. Look, you watch Tommy's inaccessible team is going to end up taking us over because he's going to have Danny Rick oh, as yeah. the turbo driver. Uh, let's talk. It'll of- just prove that. It's all fake and you just yeah, leave it correct. once. Yeah, it's all, it's all run by the Victorian government, so it's all fake. Hey, let's uh, talk about McLaren. Um, obviously, Carlos Sainz didn't get anywhere near the, the start of the group, which is a shame for him because he qualified pretty well. Uh, he had an exhaust failure. Um, but Lando Norris, well, he wasn't allowed to use Strat 7, which is one of his favourite engine modes to do last lap Lando. Um, but he still had a pretty solid finishing in, in seventh place, but... 
McLaren were McLaren were a bit in no man's land this yeah. weekend. I mean, they yep. qualified well. They beat the racing points, but Lando was outside. Like he was outside the top ten at the start of this race and clawed his way back. They were in no man's land. I'm looking at how good Renault performed this weekend, and I know it's track specific. And this track and Monza next week suits them. I I, I think Renault's a better car than McLaren at the moment. Well, look at this though. Lando started in 10th and ended up finishing in 7th, only a second and a half. No, only a second behind Albon. Yeah. That's not bad. He was closing on him too. As soon as as soon as uh, Ocon got out of the way, uh, he was – I reckon he would have had him given another couple of laps. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's all that bad, to be honest. But no, I, I think, think you're like, right. This, this track's rough on that kind of car. And but, I, I say that. If if McLaren aren't top of the midfield, if they're not the third best car on the team, they're not where they should be. Yeah, they should be mm. the third best car mm-hmm. in the field at the moment. Yeah, they should be beating Renault consistently. They should be beating Racing Point consistently. Between those three teams, well, you say that, but they've got a Renault uh, power unit. So should they be? Should the should the works the, team be winning? The, it's the chassis. It's yeah. the it's the Ferrari v Red Bull comparison yeah. at the top end from last year. Yeah. yeah. Renault fundamentally has the Ferrari design which works on track specific and it's very strong on certain tracks whereas McLaren has the overall better better car design throughout the whole year. So this year is a bit different because of COVID and the races that we're choosing. But McLaren really should be the third best car on the grid. Anything less is a bit of a failure for them, I think. Mm-hmm. And that goes for that. That goes for Racing Point, Renault, and McLaren. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Renault uh, because well, let's get over. Ooh. Let's get Esteban Ocon over the out of the way first. Um, he actually. 21 was, seconds behind. But he was actually spanking it? it in qualifying uh, in the first sector. He was, he was the fastest guy on the track for that, which is, you know, hats off to him, but mainly to Renault for making the car as slippery as it was in that first sector. Yeah, uh, to me, he's like, you're always going to be compared to your teammate. And it was a good result for him to get fit. Um, I think that's where he should, what he should have got, really. I mean, he's still nowhere in... Nowhere near his teammate in Danny Rick. I mean, what, what qualifying 6-1, and the only time that he beat him in qualifying was wet and Danny Rick got held up. So for a kid that's supposed to be a part of this, you know, golden generation of French drivers and that and that generation, he's not cutting it at the moment. Yeah, how much of it is DR outperforming the car and Ocon underperforming? Uh, I think it's... I think it's a combo? I don't know. No, if DR's outperforming the car, oh, he is. Danny Rick's a star and he'll never do anything wrong in the airport. But <laughs> Danny Rick's an AT, he's an AT driver. Yeah. And these young kids that came through that are supposedly the next best thing, they're still not as quick as your Verstappens, your Ricardos, your Hamiltons, and I'd throw Bottas in there, mm-hmm. but just below. He doesn't do it week in, week out like yep. those three guys do. So Ocon, if I'm Renault, I'm. I'm questioning my decision to put him in that seat for this year. Yeah. I understand why they did it at the time, but now we're seven races into this year and this kid's done nothing. Do you think Hulkenberg would be outperforming him? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Hulk's yeah. a good driver. Yeah. Hulk was consistently two and a half to three tenths off Danny Rick last year. And, I mean, he out-qualified Danny Rick eight times last year. I know there's some reasons for that that we won't go into. Like four of them were legitimate, the other four weren't so, mm. but... But 
you know, Hulk's a Hulk's way more comparable. Way more like yeah. comparable and consistent week in week out. Yeah, like Ocon's had some good results, but he's just. Why would you have Ocon now that you've seen how yeah. he's performing against Danny Rick? Yeah, well, so this was the best performance that the Renault team has ever had points-wise. Yeah. yeah. Didn't yep. Danny Rick put it on – weren't they fourth and sixth in qualifying like three weeks ago? No, this – points. Points. Oh, right. With fastest lap points total. as well. With fastest lap, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, so the good. highest points call for the Renault team in its – Ever. Now, there's no bones about it. Pretty big. We no, love, not ever. We love Danny ever. Rick. No, not ever. As right? a constructor. As nah. a constructor. No. Nah. They won two world championships, Tommy. As a constructor, this is the highest in a week that they have ever. Bollocks. They won in. two world championships on the trot. As a constructor? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Alonso won two and world championships. Campy this facts. <laughs> All right, this Tommy. Is the fact. No. Sorry, sorry for not having my candy. Sorry, I'm trying straight. to fact check you. Fact check me, go find that, it. I promise you, well, it's the highest. Was the scoring different back hall. in 2005 Probably. and six? Probably a lot. I think it was ten, nine, eight, seven, six, uh, five, four, three, two, one. No, I don't think it was. It, it was, was the top six. I only get points back then. There's, there's been that many, but anyway. While well, you guys, this is check the highest points haul in a week. I'm just going to say, fact checkers. we are. We bloody love Daniel Ricciardo, obviously. That's on the tin of this podcast. And I know a lot of you listening do as well. I think that's why a lot of our international listeners, and a shout-out if you're listening in the US especially, uh, to Drive to Survive, there's been a lot of new people come to the sport because of Danny Rick and his very lovable attitude. And I think they're noticing how kick-ass of a driver he is. Let's just take it back again. I think we mentioned this in Spain uh, to two, three years ago. I think a lot of people were so focused on the younger drivers, as you said, Campy, including like the Max Verstappens, that we were forgetting just how good Daniel Ricciardo was in a car and a team that was culturally shifting away from uh, winning world championships yeah. into looking at Max and how he basically yep. outperformed that car as well. And we compare that next to Albon, it's chalk and cheese. The, the guy has got so many more years left in him and he's such a high-performing driver than a lot of this this next crop. So it's no mistake that how's we've his, got massive bias towards him. How's his qualifying? Oh. Oh, his first run in Q3 was like outstanding and then everyone who went out for their second run jumped in because of the track uh, preparation. But Q2, he only got one lap too because he had a break-by-wire issue. Um, yep. And then Q three, you only had one lap too because the second lap, he wouldn't, he didn't throw the the team under the bus. He just when they asked him, "Oh, did you have a break ball?" Well, she said, "Nah, look, I was I was up two tenths, but then some st- I, I sort of missed the middle sector too." And, but he had a break ball wire issue for his second lap, so he possibly could have gone even quicker. Yeah, but that guy, mate, three of those laps were. Outstanding, well, and his final lap of the race. Right? Yeah, it was better yeah. than his, his Q3 <laughs> lap. And I always want it. more for the. I, I always want more for this guy. But what could have been if they, if Gasly and <sighs> Perez had a pitted under the safety car? Mm. What could have been? Because yeah. he wouldn't have lost that ten seconds. He may have dropped. He wouldn't have lost. So when he got past Perez and Gasly um, after the safety car. Uh, he was about 10 seconds behind. So he only lost, so I think the furthest it got out was to 18 seconds, his gap to max. So if he had have had been within eight seconds, yeah, those final three laps would have been phenomenal. Well, and the closing speed, we've said it before how good this Renault is on tyres, particularly yep. that compound. Was that the C4 oh, or 5? I don't know what they bring. We should look yeah. that up. Because that particular compound for Danny, like, he was 
that last yeah. few laps, we're going, geez, Danny Rick's pulled back eight seconds. Well, you said it with five to go. You were like, <laughs> he could do this. James and I will get like, it's 15 seconds, mate. It's not, it's not happening. Like, oh, there's no chance. Just wait. He, Bloody hell. He legitimately oh. closed 11 sac- seconds in three laps. Can you imagine if we weren't doing Nuts. tire management that last stint? Yeah. And as oh. you said, Campy, if Perez was out of the way and so was Gasly, he would have sailed past yeah, Max. Oh, he would have sailed past Max up on the, on the long straight because of A, DRS, but B, because the Renault is a lot kept, slipperier. They kept saying on commentary, the Renault was in that weird spot for the top three where they couldn't build in front. It was an annoying. That to me shows that, hey, Renault is actually on the up and yeah, they're going to be bloody quick at Monza next year. Yeah. Yep. They were quick at Spa last year, but they were quicker at Monza. So mm-hmm. I, I, if I'm a betting man, which yep. I'm not and I'll never do it, but I'm putting money on Danny Rick for a podium next weekend. Oh. <sighs> Because all like it takes, that. all it takes, is for someone to get a grid penalty, start at the back of the grid, and yeah. that, like that Renault's quick on a straight. Yeah. Also, Bahrain two at the end of the year, mm. um, they're going to go to the outside, outside layout, track. which is basically just four straights with a few chicanes in it. Yeah. <laughs> which is great because Bahrain's a shocking, it's supposed to be NASCAR, shocking race at the best of times. So, <laughs> you know, that's another track where Danny Rick could perform in his last race for Renault too. So. Yeah, uh, I think. Yeah, mate. I'm just. I'm so excited for him. It's yeah. awesome. We would be we've on F one if we had, didn't mention the tattoo. By the way, Campy and Cyril. Yeah. What tattoo? Oh, oh, yeah. That'd be excellent. We all want that. So Cyril's going to get a tattoo if they get a podium. I just want to see a shoey. That's all. We want a shoey. Mate, imagine getting the shoey in Melbourne round one for McLaren next year. Oh. oh. Please. Imagine at the session at the pub we'll have afterwards. <laughs> oh, that'll be one of the great. That'll be one of the old doms. That's if our borders are open and James can come. Hopefully not. Probably not. <laughs> Jeez, thanks. No, we're I was going to say in, we're living in 1984. You'll be uh, you are oh. you'll be you'll be drinking at the pub with Giovinazzi's hair because the man bun that you would have cut off and then been exited from the track can't be. Just before we move to Red Bull. How many times do you think Christian Horner looks over at Daniel Ricciardo on weekends like this and goes, geez, I wish we didn't fuck that up? <laughs> Imagine if they could have kept him on side and not gone so hard as Max is the god and he needs to be our only focus and they could have kept both in that stable, in that car. Yeah, well, They'd like, be causing some trouble. Look, once again, it's Helmut Marco. Helmut Marco makes the decisions at these teams and we saw it with Sebastian Vettel and Mark Webber in 2010. When Helmut Marco actively said, I don't want Mark Webber to win this championship. We want Seb, a young junior driver program, young guy, finally gets into a competitive car, wins the first world championship. That's the story he wanted, and he shafted Webber throughout. Because if you look back at that season, some of the things that happened. Webber should have won it, hands oh. down. Anyway, uh, the fact that Webber still had a chance going into the last race, you know, was awesome in itself, but when Helmut Marco made his mind up about Max Verstappen, Danny Rick was on the outer. The culture changed and everything was pushing to Danny Rick. Now, they were saying, oh, that they offered Danny Rick everything he wanted, but at the end of the day, it wasn't enough because it had shifted, it had moved. Yeah. We'd see Danny Rick for 18 months beat beat him, like points-wise yeah. on track. Everything. Qualifying was a bit, I mean, Max is quick over one lap, but even in that 2018 season that they had together, at, after seven or eight races, Danny Rick had won three races, um, sorry, two races, and Max had stuffed it at every point. Now, in the in the preceding 12, 14 races, 
Danny Rick had eight mechanicals and retired from eight Grand Prix. And Max went on, got podiums and got – so for me, that second half of the year tainted Danny Rick's reputation mm-hmm. in that sense because he just didn't have it. And those eight re, eight, eight races that he DNF'd in had flow-on results for the next weekend, like he had engine penalties and gearbox penalties. So it wasn't even, wasn't even worth him qualifying in certain mm-hmm. aspects because the engine blew up the week before, so I got changed. So, look, this guy is a bloody superstar, and I think anyone that – thinks he's a, you know, past his best or doesn't have a world championship in him is an idiot. Yeah. You're not welcome on this planet if that's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> and Helmut Mark, like Helmut Mark, of course, he's a dickhead. It's his fault. He's been sticking it to Australia for a long time, so. Yeah. He's not on my favourites. I think he doesn't like Australians. What is it? Just let an Aussie win. That's a great story. Oh, mate. Anyway. You want a narrative? Bloody get an Aussie up there. Yeah. Anyway, when Max leaves Red Bull, because he eventually will, what are they going to do? They've do- got nothing. Doing. 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 <laughs> 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 yeah, it's going to be an interesting well, time. I've got the connection through the dad, too. Yeah, of course. Well, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's going to be an interesting proposition because when's he out of a contract in a couple of years' time and everything's going to shift by then. So we might see someone like Renault, for example, or even Aston Martin just absolutely start to dominate the sport. It's it's almost time for someone else to to have that mantle, isn't it? Um, Albon, yep. let's, let's talk about Albon very quickly. Tommy T, uh, yeah, I, th- I think you're just – you probably now you're done, aren't you, in terms of trying to support him? I, d- I don't know what the team's doing with him. So everyone else on that safety car put on hards. Trying to baby him. Absolutely everyone. And they decided to throw him on mediums. I don't know why. So basically the idea was if he goes on the mediums, he has to get past everyone and then somehow outlast them on a track where it's pretty easy to pass on those straights relative to the rest of the season. I don't know why you would put him on this alternative strategy just to set him up to fail. I, I don't know if that's fair to him. So he was he was sitting in, what, six? He probably could have finished right around there or fifth maybe. But I why wouldn't they just leave him there? So basically he, he goes on this alternate strategy, gets passed by a bunch of people just to come – one spot behind where he started. I don't. I don't get it. They wanted to give him the pace so that he could get in front of a couple of people and then try and extend the gap so that they had some options. But ultimately, the kid's got no pace compared to Max. You see what his teammates doing. Second in the championship, he's always consistently putting pressure on Mercedes, and this kid's not cutting it. So mm. just cut him. Just move it on. Yeah. Well, who do you put in that seat? Hulk. Hand, easy. Straight away. Well, yeah. at least you know you know what you're going to get from Hulk. Yeah. And Hulk's the kind of guy that's going to get in a car like that and go, "Oh, I like this." <laughs> <laughs> I've never had I've never had a chassis that sticks to the ground like this. I've never had brakes that operate like this before. No. Oh, here we go. Yeah, for Albon to be beaten by both of the Renaults is pretty. Yeah, I, I don't think that's up to scratch. I think that's a bit on him. Yeah, uh, totally. He, yeah. he should be he should be fourth at a minimum. Yeah. By a long way. Yeah. It just And he hasn't been once this year. 
Yeah. Just highlights the hole that Danny Rick left, doesn't it? With Gasly and both Albon really struggling in that. Okay, let's get this over and done with. Can we talk about Mercedes very, very quickly? Because I might start falling asleep if I do. What happened to VB? Uh, there was almost team orders to say that he wasn't allowed to race. He said, get stuffed. I never, I didn't hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just claimed he never heard well, it. Well, Lewis that. is 50 points in front of me. No, no. old races. Yeah. It's a real shame. I don't know how that happens over seven races. As soon as Lewis got on the radio just, and started oh, saying, I get it. Oh, you know, my tyres, I was like, oh, please. Just for, just for a championship out. fight, just so Bottas can come back into it. Because that's what needs to happen is that Bottas needs to win a race and Lewis needs to DNF. Yeah. It's probably not very nice, but our group chat consists of please, Lewis, get a puncture. Please, Lewis, get a puncture. <laughs> just to excite us. Uh, just because we're sick of seeing the same thing. Well, like The guy's amazing. We've said this many times. He's outstanding, but we just want some competition. We want the second driver in that team to be pushing him to the limit like a Rosberg season. Those That's what we kind of yeah, want to see. Yeah, we kind of miss Rosberg, don't we? Walking away with it. No, I don't know. Fortunately, yes. I mean, it'd be better for him oh, to be in a mate. racing car rather than on the camera, to be fair. So maybe get back in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Rosberg played that year so well. Even Perfect. Brundle was alluding to, I need to get, he even said Valtteri needs to get under the skin of Lewis somehow. Yeah. And I've been saying that since the start of the year. And I think he's left it too late. He's got one more shot at a world champion, Valtteri, next year and at a world championship. And I think if he doesn't get it next year, he'll never get it. Yep. But Hamilton, mate, the guy, look, he pulled out five and a half tenths on his teammate in qualifying. That's incredible. Huge. Man, the guy can drive. Huge. The guy's, look, he's now two races off equaling. Yep. He's had 89 wins. The Schumacher's on 91. Uh, I think I think the World Championship this year is pretty much a foregone conclusion. Pretty locked up. Uh, out of yeah. 17 races too, so it's not like... It's not a full season. Well, mm. I mean, it's not like we haven't got half a season. We've got 17 yeah. races out of 21, so... Yeah. Look, Hamilton will get the rec- World Championship record equaling of Schumacher, but he'll... I mean, I think I think you'll get the race wins as well yeah. in the next three races. I'd be very surprised if he didn't. The guy, like... I'm critical of him off the track. I think he's a wanker. <laughs> but behind a racing wheel, you can't fault what the guy's done. I'm yeah. sick of seeing him do it. But, but that's not his fault. He gets yeah. in and performs and charges. And like this weekend, he just had one of those races where the last 10 laps, he just managed and cruised, didn't do anything. Ooh, you heard the radio come over and tell VB he could push. He tried to push and it was like, oh, cool. All right, just pushed a bit harder. Yeah. Just kept the gap. And Bottas had no chance. Yeah. You heard Brundle actually at the end of lap one going to lap two coming through the bus stop. Yeah. Barracking. He's like, come on, Bottas. He's like, give us a race. Yeah. That's what we're all feeling like. Everyone is feeling that. Like, give us something. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the start, I mean, Lewis, Lewis lit up the rear end out of turn one. And ultimately, Valtteri had to get off the get off the gas so he didn't hit Lewis Yeah, mm-hmm. in order to stay behind him. And that – He lost heaps. Well, that mm. – up the camel straight after Arouge and Radio on that, that hindered him. And that's mm. like – that's Lewis Hamilton not trying to do that. But if yeah. he hadn't have done that and Valtteri had the good drive off it, it was all over. That's yeah. – I mean, Valtteri's – And he the, knew that too. He had the chance, but, I mean, Lewis stuffing it up, actually eventually won in the race – he stuffed the restart too, of after the safety car. Yeah, it's. I mean, I got you. Got to give the guy credit. He's a 
he does things behind the steering wheel that is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But right time, right place too. Yep. Yeah. I mean, getting in a car uh, in an, in a car like that in an era that's so being dominated mm-hmm. by Mercedes, where they've won sixty percent of the races, yep. and I mean, there's luck involved too. I still think. I still want to see Max Verstappen or Danny Rick go head to head, the three of them, toe to toe, all like in yep. all the same car. That would be what we want to see. Yeah. Do you think new regs will bring some of that? And do you think maybe if we can get some change in tyres, like because this tyre management, yeah. no one's enjoying it. No. I heard Hamilton in a post race even say he's like, we don't want this. This isn't racing. I'm out here managing my tyres from the start just to win this race. I don't want that. The fans don't want that. Everyone's just going long one stops and managing tires. That's the best strategy right now. Yeah, I don't think anyone's liking it. We need a solution that changes that up. I don't think they're going to go for tires because they've got new regs for twenty twenty two, and they won't even th- consider tires until halfway through that twenty twenty two season mm-hmm. because we know they're trying to equalise it up. But it, there's a fine balance between keeping it F one and not keeping it F one. Yeah. So, I mean, you go back to 2012, we had eight different winners in the first eight races. Love that. That's like, how good would that be? I don't want to watch races where I know what's going to happen before yeah. we even get there. We're worried about minor positions. Um, but tyres, it's not on the agenda at the moment. They're doing too many other I think things. it could do a lot, though. I think it could really shake things up. Because we keep going for this fastest tyre. This is the thing. We want the fastest of the fastest of the fastest. So we keep getting softer and softer compounds, which just disintegrate by looking at them. (laughs) So what we end up is instead of them using them to their absolute limit, we get them using them to like 60% and just managing the shit out of them. It's insane. We don't actually get to see them pushing those super, super softs like they used to be push to the absolute max because it's not worth it to do a, a two or three stop. Well, I think the ultimately the way they do it, they have two they have two slick compounds. There's mm-hmm. there's a prime and there's an option. Like they used to do it. So it's just two compounds that you'll use and you've got to do a like a, a strategy. You've, it's a minimum two stop in yep. the race anyway. So whether you're gonna use two primes and one option or vice versa. Yeah. That's the way they've got to look at doing this. I think so. And they've got to make the tyres harder so that they, they, so they they're don't not, fall off and they and they're don't not ruin cars. We just yeah. want them yeah. to go as flat out as they can. Yeah. And then the prime tyre, you know, gives you half a second for 10 laps. Like that's, and then it drops. Yeah. That's the dream. Yeah. But this. There's five different compounds and I just don't. I don't. Because well, we've seen some stupid things like some soft compounds. So we're, they're obviously different compounds every yeah. week. But the softs lasting for 40 laps, like that's not what that tyre was designed for. Yeah. It's designed to be pushed hard for 15. And I don't mind bringing a hyper soft to a place like Monaco yep. and saying, hey, we don't care if you don't race on this, but we want you to qualify on this hyper soft. see some good, So you yeah. can absolutely send it for qualifying, and then Perfect. the race is a different thing because we yep. know what we're going to get. Like, I don't mind them mm-hmm. stuffing around, like, playing with ideas with like that. And, yeah. yeah, I don't mind, but just, like, what when, they're When doing the drivers the don't know their tyres are going to last, that's the worry. You want a driver to be confident on it and want to push it and know it's not going to just give up. But you also want... You also want like engines running in their highest rev range, absolutely on the limit yep. for fifty laps, so that you know we're probably going to get a few mechanicals throughout the year. New power units every week. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, but that drives. But it's not like the old V10s. Like those those engines were like a hundred grand each, right? Which yeah. is still expensive for an engine. These yep. ones are four and a half million bucks. Yeah. So, I mean, 
Now we've got a salary cap, so teams can do whatever they want in the allocation of how many engines they mm-hmm. use and that sort of thing. So, you know, if you want to spend a new, like, four million bucks on 21 races and that's that's it for every weekend, then good. But <laughs> that's not economically viable under a salary mm-hmm. cap, is it? So. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. It's, it's James, tough. what do you think, mate? We've, you're not here, so we're just sort of going on our own tangent. <laughs> no, Sorry, I, think, I think multiple pit stops, like a forced two pit, pit stop uh, strategy has to has to do something if they're not going to change the actual compounds of the tyres. We probably need to sort it out. Like, it's just I mean, it's reminiscent of Ferrari, isn't it, really? Another Italian organisation just completely stuffing it for everyone. Um, the one thing What I, you don't want is two manufacturers. Yeah, correct. Uh, the one thing I was going to say is let's like not bring in, like, the Bridgestone and Goodyear and Michelin and all that. No, no, no. Let's just let Pirelli... I'm happy for them to keep it, but yeah, let it you, sort it you out. Wouldn't get, you wouldn't be getting good years at the moment anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Haas, <laughs> Haas wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't buy them. No way. Not a chance. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention earlier on in the podcast... Uh, uh, Tommy, f- for your segment, was um, I was just thinking that uh, Martin Brundle, when he, he had that comment for VB, is being the fans' representative, really, isn't he? Like Roman Grosjean yeah. is the driver's representative, but we had Johnny Herbert actually in the FIA as a race steward, as a driver's representative, and there was no crap penalties given out this weekend. It's all down to him. Bloody good. He on him. bloody went, Michael yep. Massey, yeah. shut up, get out of the way. I'll do Go it for on. you. And he did a great job. It was yep. very funny to watch him being interviewed because he just like, well, I have to be proper now. I can't just be normal Johnny on television <laughs> on Sky. I've got to say normal things. And he's kind of really struggling a little bit, wasn't he, to not be his normal cheeky self? He's a gun. Keep him in there. Yeah, he did a great job. It has to be said. Guys, that's uh, that's the actual race. Uh, we spoke a little bit earlier about Fantasy League. Let's have a look at just how rubbish you uh, and I are doing, Campy and Tommy, with your two teams. You're not, I'm useless. <laughs> you're so far down, my friend. Your uh, original team is coming 38th. Congratulations. Um, the team you actually <laughs> care about is coming 45th, though, which <laughs> you have access to. So it's not. So when I try, I fail. Yeah, correct. It's not going well. Campy, you're coming okay. 22nd. Uh, look, that's not bad. It's really kind Ooh, of I'm in the middle. Jump. I'm about to jump. You're in. James, I'm gaining on you. In mate. the middle. I've got you in my uh, Look, I've <laughs> dropped. I've dropped to 13th. It's not good news. Um, but we have some new leaders, Jay Moore, uh, R. Moxley, Shambles F1, second. Dave Butters, who, uh, who's absolute gun. Um, who's your mate, Campy? Because uh, perfume beer is apparently what I drink and uh, you boys are on the uh, Melbourne Bitters. Uh, he's <laughs> changed his name to Checking, Checking, Maybe Plan A, B, C or D. Uh, incredible. <laughs> incredible for there. Uh, if you guys, if you want to jump in, it's, it's never too late. Um, I mean, it is now too late probably to win the, the actual thing for a bit of fun. Uh, we love looking at all of the... Past, uh, you can go past me. You can go past Tommy pretty easily. Um, we've got now 59 teams in the Fantasy League. All the details and how to join that is in below, but I'm really loving all of the name changes pretty much every week, sometimes twice a week when something happens. So uh, good from you guys for doing that. Uh, also for reaching out, as I said, and for leaving us a review, Wonky Plonker via Apple Podcasts here in Australia says, enjoy listening to the boys every week discussing all things F1, specifically probably talking about Campy Calls It, which was the most interesting podcast, according to Tommy T. Um, it was your favourite Oz F1 mm. podcast you've listened to, probably because you've listened oh, yeah. to none yeah. of them. No, that's factual. <laughs> I don't love the voice. Jeez. I can't do it. Jeez, I listened to a little bit like I'm done. <laughs> 
The numbers don't suggest that people enjoyed it. People love the campy. People love the campy, call it. Uh, well, look, if you love this episode, feel free to uh, leave a review and uh, get in touch. You can find all of our social media details below. Campy still hasn't got access to the Instagram account, but we are still screenshotting him and sending him stuff, and he's loving, absolutely loving it. Uh, but, boys, it's been uh, awesome, as always, to recap the race. We've got a triple header again, which is fantastic, which means we're going to go and watch uh, the Italians fail in Italy. In fact, Alfa Tari might even get above them again, which will be a great success oh. for them. The first time they probably ever get in front just of Ferrari. Think, just think, Ferrari <laughs> aren't going to finish in the top ten. Both oh. cars on raw pace at their home track. Oh, Mate, I reckon the Tafosi is going to protest. Lucky there's no fans there. Yep. Can you imagine if there were fans there? Oh, anyway. Oh. Well, oh. it's all the come boys it's been great to talk with you again Uh, we'll see you next weekend Honda yeah well I don't know what you mean I have no idea what you're talking about they haven't Honda haven't committed past the end of this year well, that's going to be awkward for Red Bull next year when they turn up without an engine manufacturer. And- so, Max, what we're thinking is we're going to cut a hole in the bottom. Have you seen Fred Flintstone? <laughs> They'll probably still beat Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.